My goodness, are we a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? You know, we have, cool, we have a pretty cool theme song, but I wish our theme song could hit as hard as the Book of Boba Fett's theme song hit me every Wednesday. It just made me realize that the chant they're saying is Fett. Yeah, that didn't, I didn't click with me until the last episode. But Same. welcome. You heard that voice. Welcome to a new episode of The Heralds. We brought some backup this week because of the topic we're talking about. This week, I'm one-third of your hosts of Pop Culture, Harrison. I'm your other third, Will Wiggy. And I'm the other third, Jacob. We brought back Geller. We're talking about Star Wars. It's our Star Wars expert. I think we might be talking about the news before we get into our Boba recap. That is true. I will get through briefly because we are on a time limit today. When are we not on a time limit? When I have no life. And you too. That's true. <laughs> Sometimes we have lives. So to start us off, Batgirl has cast Ivory Aquino as transgender character Alicia Yeo. Apparently, she was a friend of Barbara's in the room or in the uh, comics. They're still casting this show. I mean, this movie. It's like filming. Yeah, I don't know what's up. Well, this is news from the last couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Uh, James Gunn has another Suicide Squad spinoff set at HBO Max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at Geller's breakfast cereal. We talked about this uh, in a so previous good. episode. You and I debated on what it could be. Well, confirmed it is Suicide Squad. Okay, so it's Suicide Squad. Oh. So, sadly, our my Lobo hopes and predictions are down the toilet. Yeah, that's not Correct. best. Truthfully, Lobo. I feel like we all know it's a sport. See, I mean, I'd like it to be, but Geller and I decided it's probably going to be Ratcatcher. That's what I've been hearing with rumors, at least, is that it's going to be Ratcatcher. I mean, I want it to I'm be. not entirely opposed. Yeah, I mean, the I'm only I love Bloodsport. My only thing is, like, I feel like if we get Peacemaker and then Bloodsport, it's just two back-to-back, like, hard R, like, um, mercenary yeah. TV shows. And, like, Plot twist, it's the King Shark show. Honestly, they, ha- they have Steve Agee. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't mind. I, I like Well, King Sylvester Stallone was the voice. Right, right, right. But, you know, he could just record it wherever from his houses, and Steve Agee can just do the mocap, so it wouldn't be too demanding. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like Sylvester Stallone really has to break his back doing any of the voice lines. It's like Vin Diesel recording group. Yeah. So then we have, uh, for Titans, they added Joseph Morgan as Brother Blood, Franca Potente as Mother Mayhem, and Lisa, oh, God, this name sucks, Lisa Abalavanar. As Jinx for its season four villains. So does this mean that they're doing the Judas contract because they're doing Brother Blood? I assume so. Titans, the really crappy, like, F-Batman show. You know, that's really moody for no reason. I mean, I'm all for the F-Batman, but, like, the show never piqued my interest. No, I, I, I dropped off. I completely did not finish season three. But... I would assume, I mean, what, this is going to be four seasons now, and they haven't touched the Judas contract, like, in its full yet, because we haven't had Geo yet. Well, no, that's, um, Tara. Tara, sorry. And they did the Judas contract with season two in Deathstroke. That's true, but, I don't know, like you said, we didn't, like, have, like, the whole cult aspect that's, like, the part of it that I like more. 
Boys, I think we're about to get an Obi-Wan trailer in the next hour. In the My next Instagram hour. just went off releasing a poster and a release date. Oh, my God. I mean, if the show drops. So then we have, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be darker than its predecessors and be the last we see of this team. I heard the last yeah. we see of this team. A lot of people are crying about that. Um, I'm okay with that because if they want to do it, there's so many different iterations Thank you of the team. Um, I doubt it can be too dark when it's James Gunn, though. And the Dakota Johnson was cast as uh, Madam Web for an upcoming Madam Web film. And we believe in Studio Carpenter, which, I mean, it's Sony's. But again, Sony doesn't know what they're doing. Nobody wants Adam Webb film. Russell Crowe was just added to the Craven the Hunter cast, so yeah, they're cast. think he's playing? I don't know. I mean, he could be like the mentor to Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven. I don't know. They already confirmed it's his dad. Oh, okay, it is his dad. Okay. Um, You know, these are movies that no one is asking for. Yeah. Correct. So for Disney News, um, both a Percy Jackson and Goosebump series were greenlit at Disney. I thought they already did greenlit the Percy Jackson series, like at D. Uh, like so did I. News came out last week that they officially did. So okay. I mean, I, I guess what we. No, I mean, like maybe they announced it, but like it had been like a long period of silence. So I'm at least we got something. Hopefully the Goosebumps one's good because I love the original show, but we know how remakes go sometimes. Well, I love Percy Jackson, and the movies were poopy. Dude, Harry's got some energy. Poop. Now he's sitting here doing just, all these odd roles. The green, pe- the green people are on the ceiling. Okay, <laughs> I got to get them off. <laughs> all right. So here's some sad news. Oh, uh, who died? Peter Robbins, the voice of Charlie Brown, died at 65 years old. Oh, rest in peace. Uh, I mean, you know, who doesn't love some peanuts, but 65 is not that old of an age. No, that's upsetting. No, it's not. Here's some even more sad news. What's that? Mortal Kombat sequel at New Line Cinema. Oh, oh, yeah, don't remind me. The first one was an abomination. With Jeremy Slater, writer from Moon Knight. Did you say the writer of Moon Knight's doing this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, as long as we actually get a tournament in this one, that's already going to be better well, than the last. Nice. They killed off half the characters, like half of the good characters, some of the big ones, like Kano and Cabal. Even if it's bad, I just want some color in this film. I just want, like, everything to be better. I, I don't even know where to start. I need more Cole Young. That's the first one. <laughs> Captain Plot Armor. Oh, boy. Yeah, Gor- Goro's dead. Kano and Cabal are dead. Reptile was just dead. a mess, and he's dead. Melina's dead, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Kung Lao's dead. Um, who else is I definitely forgot Molina was in the first one. Yeah, here though they could just bring back some revenants. I mean, Molina could come back, no problem. Revenants, like, of what she is. Well, Molina's just they're a probably just jump into the zombie arc. That's what I mean. Just, yeah, yeah, they'll just bring in some revenants, which you know, I mean, yeah. that's really what Kung Lao's majority his screen time in these games are just him as an evil guy. Him as a revenant. That, yeah. I think that's honestly the only way to make Liu Kang interesting. Fuck Liu you, oh, not F you. Sorry. <laughs> So then we have um, Kyle Allen, who just appeared in the recent West Side Story that nobody watched. Oh, yeah. I, replaces Noah Centineo as Key Man. 
in the upcoming Netflix film Masters of the Universe. I forgot that they casted he Mr. looks perfect. Handsome man. They casted tall, tan, and handsome guy from the Netflix movies as He Man, but then they fired him. Who is who is that? Uh, he was into all the boys I loved before. I think a um, bunch of Netflix like I mean. He doesn't really look like He-Man because he's not blonde, but, I mean, you can't be too... I mean, you can always just throw a wig on. No, this new guy is. He looks just like He-Man. That's cool. That's good. As long as he has muscles. Muscles? This is some news for you boys. The boys. Jason Momoa joined Fast and Furious 10. I heard about that. He's got to be playing, like, The Rock's brother, right? Something like that. I don't know. Like, I mean, a couple of Samoan boys, unless he's also Vin Diesel's brother. <laughs> Just like how John Cena was Vin Diesel's brother. If he's anything like Hobbs, I'll like him. Hobbs is the best. So then we have um that Halo trailer. That was pretty dope. That was a trailer, wasn't it? It was a thing that happened. Not a fan? Hey, one thing I'd like to point out, what, what year does Halo take place in? Uh, like 2552. Tell me why there's, like, an early 2000 Chevy truck just sitting in the back. <laughs> because Chevy is a more... <laughs> no, but, um... That's, what, that's you know, truck at, that point. at this point, I guess I'm happier that it's a TV show instead of a movie because there's so much content. It's better split into a TV show, but then it doesn't. that means yeah. it doesn't have a movie budget, which is sad. A lot of video games just, I feel, don't work. It's, it's no, they don't, games. but I mean, Halo, too much Halo is so yeah. thick in lore that they're not even touching the games yet. They're, like, doing, like, an off story before the games, like or, like, an in-between story. All I'm yeah. going to say is skin-toned... Cortana, human, human-like Cortana. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why is she not? I want bluebies. She needs to have a blue face. And blue <laughs> I don't even like. I don't even care about that. I just would like prefer she looked more AI-esque than human, just blue. Well, we get to make our official judgment on March twenty-fourth when it comes out. She what needs to be on? Uh, Paramount Plus. I don't have that. She needs know. to look like Lily from AT and T, but blue. We're moving on. I'm scared where this is going to go. We'll edit that so out. Then, do you guys know what SWAT cats is? I can't say that I do. So this is one of those things that I know. SWAT yeah. cats was an old '90s show that was really neat. It is getting rebooted as SWAT. Revolution. So, like, are they, like, cats that, like, are on a SWAT team and they, like, fight yeah. crime? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I was just guessing. Right. <laughs> and then Grand Theft Auto 6 was confirmed. About time. <laughs> well, let's see. That only took eight years. Wait. Nine years. Wow. Almost wow. But, um... Let's get into it, boys. Oh, the well, book of Boba Fett. Our review. Turn on the knob, run a Boba bath, sit down, relax. We're going to talk about some Boba Fett. Yep. So I think we can kind of group the first two episodes together with our Wait, review. We just yeah. Because make, those are just... Make a cup of Boba tea. Okay, I'm done. I'm You're done with the Boba joke. I know. I, yesterday, Will, you get some Boba tea. No. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the episodes. Let's break them down. Yes, yes, yes. So, episodes one and two can be broke down kind of together. Mm-hmm. Because they were pretty much the same. 
They were flashbacks. Yeah, and I it's I Tusken well, Raider flashback. It was. It was. Um, Geller will probably have the most to say about this, but I'll just throw my two cents in first. These two episodes did a good job in humanizing Boba Fett and the Tuscans, but I'll let Geller talk about what he thought. Yeah, I definitely. One how? Give uh, me one second, guys. I hear a voice outside that I think is Asher. Oh, no Jesus. way. No way. No way. Never mind. It's my dad. Okay, Geller, go into it. Okay, so I did. He's gone episodes for the exact reasons you said because I liked how they showed Boba's sort of change in character and his enlightenment from his traumatic experience and the people who rescued him and I'm glad that they're I guess humanizing the Tusken Raiders giving them like a reason for why they're like that not necessarily an excuse for torturing and killing people but like just a reason I guess and gives them more and so they're not just seen as savages and I, the only thing I did not like about how when it went back to the present day, about how the first fight scene in the first episode, Boba gets essentially love tapped once, and his Gamorreans are carrying him back to his back to tank. Which why? And that's pretty much the series in a nutshell. Yeah, for the most part, they they really we'll like get get there, they really the depower him as this like. To be fair. I mean, everyone always used to make fun of Boba Fett because, like, everyone thought he was so cool, yet all he did was, like, get bumped by Han Solo and die. So, I mean, all we've done as Star Wars fans in our head is hype him up as this ultimate BA of the galaxy. Joe, the comic books did a pretty good job. I was going to say, I have... If you haven't read the comics, that is what we've done. Real book of Boba Fett called the Boba Fett. It's just this big algamation of Boba Fett. Some highlights that I really liked is I... I mean, if you want to talk about the Twi'lek bartender, am I right, boys? Am I right, boys? Spoilers, but rest in peace. Rest in peace, her beautifulness. Um, But I really enjoyed that we did get to see, and of course we're going to see it. We were all expecting it. We got to see him escaping the Sarlacc. It was a really great scene. Yeah, we get to see him escape. Which none of it was original. I know. that kills me on the inside. Awesome thing. I get it. They stole it from Parks and Rec. Well, I, you know what, Pat Oswald is just a dedicated fan like us. That was just, you know, he saw the future. Yeah. It's so funny. No, it is funny. And I like how we saw how he survived because, like, yes, we now know that his armor is full Beskar, apparently, not like a mixture of both, which is how he was able to survive yeah. the pit. But then he had burns all over his body, which is why he needs the boba bath. Yeah. But I don't understand why he was so underpowered for the most of the show when in The Mandalorian, previous to this, before he's had a few more bone bats, that, you know, we got the scene that we did in The Mandalorian. Like, how is he able to do stuff like that? That is my issue, the inconsistency between Mandalorian Season 2 and the Book of Boba Fett Season 1, as far as how his character is handled. Blame Robert Rodriguez, I was gonna say, a.k.a. the new Ryan Johnson. Are we? Are, how, I was going <laughs> to ask what our thoughts are as Robert Rodriguez's contribu- contributions to the Star Wars saga, but I guess he did not really do what we wanted him to do? When We get there when we get there for the finale, but for the rest of it, I don't think he did too great of a job other than the backstory stuff. Like, his strong so- point, definitely the backstory stuff, but once we get into these weird cyberpunk-looking spy kids uh, things. Yeah, the mods, whatever they are. Cyberpunk 2077-looking. They did not fit Star Wars, and they just felt incredibly well, out of place. Maybe not Star Wars, but they sure as heck didn't fit Tatooine. No. Which we... they, they did not. And I was so, even more so leaning into that. You know, all, you really can, all you really need to know about the first couple of episodes 
is that it's Tuscan Raider flashback building up their culture, how they operate, down to the lizard drug psychedelic episode. I liked that part. Mm-hmm. I did, too. I thought everything with the Tuscan Raiders was great. Yeah, that was handled really well. I didn't really have any But flaws. then they went to present time, and it felt like we were at a standstill. Um, yeah, I I was worried going into the show because I was worried it was going to feel secluded to Tatooine. And, I mean, maybe that's – because, like, the plot doesn't really, like, kick in until, like, the fourth or fifth episode when, like, stuff starts to happen. Because the first two episodes are just like, all right, I'm in charge now. I'm Boba Fett, and nothing's going on on Tatooine. And don't forget the moments where we would get Boba without his helmet off saying, do you know who I am? Those were Like, terrible. no, bro, you're known for the helmet. Shut up. Those were terrible. That that should have never been included. But my goodness, did did our guy never look as more beautiful as he did in his full armor? No, he's he's a pop figure. And then, yes, right let's now. Let's be honest. MVP of this series was both Black Crescent and, and Finnick Fan. Yeah, I consider my boy the MVP after the finale, especially. They definitely let Boba shine towards the end, but I will say it is a shame that – a shame depending on how you look at it because we'll also talk about another character that kind of steals the spotlight later on in the mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I'll keep my mouth <laughs> But the supporting cast definitely did most of the BA moments that we wanted. The footwork. Yeah, it was yeah. cool to see, like you said, Black Chrysanthemum in live action. That was totally unexpected. He just showed up, and we were like, oh, my gosh, expanded universe characters. Yeah. Go crazy. And there is nothing wrong with, like, I like Finnick, and I like Chrysanthemum. I just didn't want them, I guess, stealing the spotlight from Boba in his own show, and we haven't gotten much from him in live action. Like, comics Un- everywhere, but as a unexpected huge... Unexpected for me Boba. was Danny Trejo, the <laughs> Rancor regular. I was waiting for Danny Trejo because, of course, you know, Robert Rodriguez and him are like, bada-bing, bada-boom. But it was, you know what, if there's anyone that Danny Trejo is going to be in the Star Wars universe, it's a Rancor Keeper. Yeah. Yeah, so So it is. So he gets his Rancor in episode three, and that's when we also meet the mods. Yes. And Uh, Black Is that, and since, um, what, do we meet, uh, the, the twins in episode two or three? Two. Two, okay, so that, I mean, you know, twins that really don't matter much afterwards. They don't, they, they kind of, like, sh- really I didn't know if point. they were going to be the threat. They introduced them, and I thought they were going to be the threat, but then, like, by episode four or something, they show up, and they're like, so we're leaving? But well, we realize the big threat is who they introduced in the first couple episodes, even with the bar fight, which was cool with the Nitco writers, but it is the Pike Syndicate. That is the overall threat of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, your go-to crime family in Star Wars will probably always be the Pikes, and I guess for, you know, a Boba Fett who wants to rule with, you know, like more loyalty. Yeah, he's the new Daimyo, which is great because, you know, Star Wars always has roots in Eastern culture, and Mm -hmm. we, you know, Daimyos. Um, Oh, is that Declan? He's coming back. Declan, we're doing a podcast. Why are you shushing? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I can't really, like, these first three episodes kind of really blended together to me. I know, I think it's in the third episode that we do get the Black Chrysanthemum fight. First four, in my opinion. First four, okay. Which uh, there was a big problem I had with the Chrysanthemum fight, is that it was just placed in a very bad spot that, you know, how the did... The to take when he gets pulled out. How, how did he get in there without even a blaster on him and just pulled him out of his He's a big Wookiee. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that fight could have been placed better. Than just so make, I mixed it up. Like, rip out of Episode a bath. three introduces the mods, which we all hated. Yeah, no one. I haven't really. The talked. Vespa Rangers. 
Episode four introduced Danny Trejo and the Rancor. Yeah. Okay. Was this seven episodes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, truthfully, all four of those episodes do blend together, and that's a big downside to this show, is even though the story was progressing, it never felt like it was. Um, I think maybe the biggest difference between this, and I don't want to compare this show to Mandalorian, but I'm going to compare this show to Mandalorian. It's like, with the Mandalorian, like, we knew what the plot was, like, for the season from the first episode. Like, mm-hmm. with, um, with the season one, it was him protecting Grogu and whatever, and then season two, it was him trying to get Grogu to his people. So we knew what the plot was from, like, the very beginning, yeah. and each episode. Each episode felt very diverse because, like, each episode was, like, him doing a mission, you know, which people can complain about that, that it just felt like a Mandalorian doing a chore list every episode. Um, but, like, that's it what I kind of like. So. Right, exactly. Like, each episode felt like it had, like, its own. And maybe that was because each episode it was advanced. Yeah. Maybe that's because each episode was directed by a different person, so they felt different. And since Robert True. Rodriguez in all of these episodes, basically, besides the one that introduced a very certain character towards the end. Um, we'll get to those episodes, because they're not bad episodes, they're just not... I have a huge, <laughs> huge complaint with the two of them, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, complaint. I think it's because Robert Rodriguez got to do all four of these first few episodes, they just felt like a four-hour movie, and maybe it's better if we go back and watch them as just one four-hour movie. That's what I'm gonna do when I have more free time, I'm gonna sit down and just watch them all. Now, I maybe will say... All... Two hour, two hour. I know we talked about the mods feeling out of place. But the one thing, and it was such a minor thing, but you know what felt out of place? Mm. When they went to go see the mayor, and the major domo was there with that weird postman looking dude. Oh, weird. Oh, the guy that, like, was operating, like, the front desk? The long hair, the weird mustache. He did not look like he belonged either. No, he didn't feel very Star Wars. He felt like, you know, like we just stepped into the set of the office. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, you know, yeah, all four of the first four episodes, they blend together so much, it is hard to tell them apart and what happened when. And we know it introduced more things we disliked than we actually enjoyed. We're forgetting one of the biggest problems. Where were the Boba Fett action scenes? Boba Fett didn't have action scenes. Boba Fett got, that, I'm going to get crap beat out of me scenes. He, he got spoiled in Mandalorian Season 2, expecting a very certain thing. I would not call that spoiled. Well, I, I would call that meeting expectations. Exactly. Yeah, it's called, you know, consistency. Staying true to the character. I think we can agree, like, it was the perfect return of the character that we all dreamed of for, like, since we were born. Mm-hmm. And this so, just slowed it down. Yeah. So each episode, the biggest issue is that Boba Fett did not hold his own like he should have. Down to not even using his jetpack and rifle like he should have. Yeah, because it started with we did get the return we wanted, and then the show took it back like 20 years, and it's like, oh, actually, I can't do that. And then it got to the finale, and he's like, okay, now I'm back. He just decided to be, like, a pacifist in this show. He got lazy for seven episodes and then finally decided to come back in the finale. Okay, well, he – so can we go into episodes five and six real quick? Yeah, we can, um, which were yeah. shock oh. episodes. Let's do it. Shock episodes. Let's uh, do it. Can I, re- can I rephrase that? 
I met Mandalorian season three episodes one and two. There, there lies before, my biggest. Before we do that, we should probably talk about what set it up a little bit with episode four because we got to see the episode of season one of Mandalorian where we meet Finnick Shand, but we got to see it from Boba's perspective, how he rescued her, fixed her up with the mods or whatever. Truthfully, I wish they did not show that. I mean, like, I, it wasn't necessary because, like, we... I, I just wish they didn't show the mod thing. I, I just don't like anything to do with the mods. They're, they don't... It's not just that. Some things are better show not... Or, yeah, show not tell. Yeah. They told us what we already knew. But we gotta see him rescue his fire spray gunship. Yes. But, yep. of course, it's more simple things of, you know... How did? How come he cannot do this himself? Like when they were hovering yeah. over the rank, or not the rank, where they were the hovering Starlight. over the Sarlacc pit, and you know Boba, the one who has owned this ship or just been a part of this ship since he was like ten, doesn't think to drop a seismic charge down and just sits there and struggles while Finnick, who has been in the ship for maybe ten minutes, instantly thinks of it. Yeah, it Little didn't. They just they botched his character through and through. Blame Robert Rodriguez. I do. New um, Ryan. So let's make a jump from Robert Rodriguez to the man who's trying to resurrect Star Wars, Dave Filoni. I, I think Dave Filoni also had problems with these, being that, yeah, they were great episodes, but they were great episodes of The Mandalorian, and Boba had a whopping two minutes of screen time with no speaking lines and two episodes of his own show. Yes. And so people know the way they set up Mando was that he said they needed muscle and he could afford muscle. He knows where to get it. And you heard the Mandalorian theme go off. Mm-hmm. And we just, the next episode doesn't even beat around the bush. It's just the opening shot, cold open, Mandalorian. With better action than any of Boba so far. With the dark saber battle and more brutal at that. Oh, yeah. Cutting a man in half. I'm like, ow. Cutting his own leg, which yeah, I do like it. how they show that he is, you know, he's not a god with it. And he has yeah. Him. And that was a cool planet, Halo <laughs> ring, whatever you want to call it there. Yeah. Well, everyone around me, Halo meets Treasure Planet. Yeah, of course you said Treasure Planet. Yeah. Um, but we, so sure. we'll just, I hate doing beat for beats, especially after that Spider-Man recap book. Well, I'm not doing beat for beat. I'm just talking about the likes and dislikes. There's, there's a lot of, like, like big moments in this episode, in these two episodes. We got a lot of return characters. Luke and Ahsoka. Episode 5, briefly, what I liked was they brought back the armor. Mm-hmm. I love that Paz Vizsla had a, a big moment of, you know, this is my family's blade. I deserve this. I know you want it, and that's our ritual, but it's mine. Yeah, um, and it was it was a pretty good fight. You know, there was like stakes to it. There was weight to it. I like how you know once Paz picked up the dark saber, he couldn't lift it. It was really cool. Um, and then of course after Mando ended up beating Paz in the fight and proving himself, the armorer was like, "Eh, but I know you took off your helmet there, Din." At some point, and he's like, "Ooh, yeah, you got like, me." So apparently, you that. that yeah, apparently that means banishment. I guess my thing is, this is where you could have kind of fixed the whole Mando problem with the show. Is have Paz Vislin be the guy. That helps Boba. Oh, okay. That's an interesting. I didn't think about that. Have Mando offer up, like, basically talk to Paz, like, hey, you know, I got a friend. He needs help. I've got other stuff to attend to. Can you help him? 
But if they did that, if they did that, anyway. we wouldn't get to see cute baby Yoda. Yeah, and that's another problem with the finale I have is there's a scene, and I think it's episode six, where Luke gives Grogu the option, you know, you can either stay here with me and you get Yoda's lightsaber, or I'll take you back to Din and you get this chainmail armor. Which he got yeah. melting down the spear, which is a bit of a shame. They got rid of the Beskar spear. I thought it was a cool thing, but yeah, she made him melt it down and turn it into yeah. armor instead. I think and episode six best. was not much plot. It was just nostalgia bomb. The next here's Ahsoka. Episode. Here's oh, yeah. Luke. You know, enjoy. Cobb Van, a certain blue alien. And that one actually ends where it feels like it finally set up the plot of Boba Fett. That one was, I think, the only episode ending where, like, I was like, well, gosh, I can't wait for next week. I know. Um, uh, so this one ends after we get all that beautiful moment between Luke and Ahsoka and Mando and oh, Telemoto. Well, we got to see that Mando got his new ship at the end of the previous episode, which was pretty Oh, yeah, the Naboo fighter. Yeah, the the Naboo fighter, which it, they souped it up like a hot rod, which I know, Geller, you liked quite a bit. The chrome and exposed engine and stuff. That was really cool because um, the ship blew up last season. It's going to take a bit of a time for it to grow on me because I like the Razor Crest so much. But I can I yeah. can. Ex- so with that, outside of the nostalgia bomb, we get this really cool, probably the most Western feeling this show's had, where they set up this high-tension thing where Cobb Vance is looking through the, at the distance at the end of the episode, and we see a silhouette with a very iconic hat walking towards him at a great distance. The tension is built up because Cobb's sitting there waiting, and the figure gets closer and closer, and we learn it's none other than fan-favorite bounty hunter from Clone Wars, Cad Bane. And uh, voiced by the original actor from the TV series, it was there's some the one com- and only Corey Burton. Yeah, there's some complaints, you know, that oh he wasn't blue enough, or that his face looked a little weird. Geller, what do you think about? I think people are way too nitpicky about things they don't need to be nitpicky about. Do you like I think how- they forget that the Clone Wars was exaggerated in both facial feature and color. Look at look at uh, Clone Wars Dooku compared to live action Dooku, and <laughs> no one's face is that pointy. Want him to look like Clone Wars Dooku? Yeah, you don't want Palpatine to look like that either. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a great. We always love you know both the Eastern and the Western influences on Star Wars because that's where they came from. So my goodness, what a uh, Clint Eastwood esque duel we got between Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane. And just a line, this Tatooine belongs to the Pike Syndicate. Yeah, oh, so great. Um, it it does make sense, because if we're going to talk about it, because he is a big key player in this last finale episode, it does make sense to bring in Cad Bane, because his story was unresolved after the last time we saw him chronologically would have been Bad Batch. And there was that famous deleted episode between him and Boba where they have a duel. So there's obviously tension there, and you need a foil for Boba to punch, because he's not going to, like, punch a, a Syndicate member in the face, because that's not interesting. No. Thing. So no. you need you need like an actual bad guy, and so I'm I think all three of us are completely fine with yeah, bringing Cad Bane in. showing up was perfect. Yeah, Cad Bane was perfect. I just wish the show focused on it more. I just wish the show knew who its main characters were <laughs> in general. Yeah. I think we needed to spend two episodes of Din Djarin when he's already gotten two seasons of a show and he's going to get a third. Yeah, I think we should specify yeah. to the uh, if you guys if whoever strangely is listening to this and hasn't watched this TV show, one third 
of Boba Fett's TV show has nothing to do with him. Which is Correct. ridiculous. Coming from a huge Boba fan, it's it's incredibly annoying that they focus that so much. So the finale that aired today. The finale did air today. Um, we are we are recording this a couple hours after watching. I stayed up for it. He stayed up for it, and it was so worth it. And then he watched it a second time with me because he's a true fan. It was so worth it. No, this it was a far the best finale. But it took until the last episode to give us the Boba we love. Which isn't good, but you know what? No. I'm, I'm going to take it at least that, you know, we can't go back and change it. I mean, I would love for it to be different, but for what we've gotten, at least we got a good finale. I appreciate that it did feel like Mando took a step back, and it felt like he was a background character this show this time. Yeah, you know, now because I, I was I was fully expecting them to just push him to the front again to make him the main character. But they didn't. They did well. That's no, right. yeah, they I did. I was very happy. It's, Even when Boba ended up carrying Mando through that firefight when Mando was down. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird because like I I think we should specify to the people listening to this. We're not upset that they brought Mandalorian into the show because I mean maybe Geller's like upset, but like I'm fine with it because like it makes sense that like he needs muscle, so he's gonna call upon a friend. I'm but, fine with him being there. Right. I just don't like him being the how, main character. How he episodes. was treated in the season finale is how he should have been treated in the previous two episodes instead of just Correct. being a focal point. Yes, I that is what I agree with. But uh, the big moments for me in this finale was they resolved the story well. The writing of the Rancor was epic. Yes, it's something we all knew. Oh, yeah, that it's, was it's, one um, of the best scenes that we've ever seen. It's, in, Star instead Wars, of Chekhov, instead of Chekhov's gun, it's Chekhov's Rancor. When they introduce a yeah. Rancor in Act One, you know it's going to go off by Act Three. Yeah. <laughs> and then the mayhem it caused was very brief and nice. It was. A, it was very. And then the duel with Cad Bane was perfect. We love a good kaiju-esque battle in Star Wars. We finally got yeah. the Boba versus Bane that I have been hoping for since Bane got revealed. Yeah. It shows spoiler, but I did not expect Kathleen to die. Geller and I decided that it makes sense because, like, at this point, Bane's lived, like, a full Bane's life. Of- 71. It makes perfect sense. I love that he did. I just did not expect it. Yeah, I'll agree with you. It's... I'm sure they thought in their heads, like, will this take off Star Wars fans? And maybe it will. We really haven't seen the backlash of it yet, because like we said, this episode just came out. But as far as these three Star Wars fans are concerned, I think we're okay with it. Yeah, I think all of us are yes. either happy or content with it. Because who, who, who else would you want to kill Cad Bane at this point that's alive yet in the Star Wars universe? No one. I Nobody. wanted it to be Boba. Besides the obvious, like Rey. You know, Rey, she yeah. should kill everyone. Because, yeah, Rey, oh, well, she's a different... So now we have Boba adjusting to his life as Daimyo and being respected like he wanted to be, alongside Finnick Shand, and then a very pointless after credit scene. Yeah, I, I was not happy that Cobb Vanth was alive, just because that, like, you know, what What definitive reason did Cad Bane have for not finishing him? Because Cad Bane is Cad Bane, you know, he's, he's not just going to leave yeah. someone alive. I just don't know what, you know, like... We're, this this will make the fans go yeah Cobb Van like what are we gonna do with him you know I'm re- yeah. we, I mean I guess for a Boba Fett season two but part of me hopes for a Boba Fett season two we get a little more off Tatooine stuff but that's a different debate. So yeah, altogether I give this series a four out of ten. Wow. Because the fixes they could have made were such easy fixes. Yeah, very simple things that you should not have gotten wrong, but they got wrong anyways. Correct. Very simple things, as in 
know who the main character of your show is and know the main character of your show. Two yep. simple concepts that were not applied until the finale. I think it suffers from the same problem that the sequel trilogy did. Obviously, the sequel trilogy has a million problems that I'd love to talk about at some point in this episode. But the main was, I don't know if they sat down and mapped out beat by beat yeah. how it was going to go, just like they didn't map out the movies. Like like we said with The Mandalorian, there was a clear like start point and end point for like his TV series. With this, it, it was, wasn't for this. Right. It was four episodes of mucking around. It was two episodes of The Mandalorian season three, and then they tried to wrap everything up with the season finale, which was pretty good. Well, I hate to cut this short, but just final thoughts real quick. What are your guys' rating? Um, Gelly, you can go first. What you rate it? I'm going to be a little biased because it is Boba, and I'm going to say 5.5 out of 10. Okay. I'm going to give it the highest okay. out of list, then. I'm going to give it a 6. Um, first perspective, I would give Mandalorian almost like the seasons 1 and 2, like an 8 or a 9. So I really like that. Yeah. So this just a couple notches below. Real quick, who is everybody's top two favorite Star Wars characters? That we got to see in this show? Darth just... Maul and Yoda. And in every, general? All of them. It's it's Obi Wan it's Obi Wan for me and then it's like it's like Han Solo is like right there. Yoda and Maul. Huh? Yoda and Maul. Yoda and Maul for me. Anakin Vader and Boba. Alrighty. Well, like I said, I hate to cut it short, but I've got a split. He's so got a split. Join us next week for the Nostalgia Bomb episode. Nostalgia Bomb episode. Depending on Peacemaker, we'll talk about it. We'll post about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.